In an industry defined by what we create, it's the people who lead that make good things great. This is Get the Knack, a podcast by the National Academy of Construction, where we connect you with insights from experienced industry leaders to develop your skills and expertise and help you achieve your fullest career potential. Welcome to today's session of Get the Knack. My name is Anna Franz, and I am your host for this session, where we will discuss leadership blind spots that is part of our leadership topic area. I've been a member of the National Academy of Construction since 2018 and currently serve as chair of the Department of Architecture and Urban Sustainability and program director for architecture at the University of the District of Columbia. Prior to my academic career, I had a 30-year successful career starting with the U.S. Navy Civil Engineer Corps and then as a senior executive in the federal government, where I served in leadership roles overseeing planning, asset management, and capital project delivery. My notable projects include the U.S. Capitol Dome restoration, old patent office building rehabilitation, and main justice building modernization. I am delighted to have Admiral Dave Nash as my guest today. Dave Nash currently is Senior Vice President of Melee Associates and founder of Sustainable Biofuels Solutions. He's a retired Admiral of the U.S. Navy. He holds a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Indiana Institute of Technology and a master's in financial management from the Naval Postgraduate School. Dave had a distinguished 33-year career in the Navy, including Commander, Naval Facilities Engineering Command, In short, you will hear, sometimes abbreviated as NAVFAC. Joining the private sector after his military retirement, Dave launched the BEK Government Group. He also served as director of the Iraq Program Management Office under the Coalition Provisional Authority, and later as director of the Iraq Reconstruction Management Office under the U.S. State Department. He is the recipient of a number of prestigious awards, and I'm going to list them because they are all very, very distinguished. The Society of Military Engineers, SAMI, the Golden Eagle Award, the Beavers Award for Heavy Engineering Construction, the American Society of Civil Engineers, ASCE, Parcel Syrup Award for Civil Engineering Management, the Carol H. Dunn Award of Excellence from the Construction Industry Institute, CII, the Ted Kennedy Award and Medal from the National Academy of Construction and the ASCE Opal Award for Lifetime Achievement, among many honors. He chaired the NRC Board on Infrastructure and the Constructed Environment. He also chaired the Civil Engineering Section of the National Academy of Engineering. Dave has been a member of the NAC, the National Academy of Construction, since 2004. I am so very glad that you can join us today. To start our session, can you share with us just a little bit about your industry background and your leadership experience? Yes, I'm happy to. Uh, Thank you very much for having me with you today. I uh, graduated from Indiana Institute of Technology, as you said. I entered the Navy Civil Engineer Corps. Uh, It's a uniformed cadre focused on construction, facilities management, environmental engineering, and leading the famous CBs. I spent 33 years doing that managing that construction facilities maintenance and leading the CVs. Uh, 
After retirement, I went to work for Parsons Brankerhoff. It was a large program management company. It's been since purchased by somebody else. My first job was to manage a billion-dollar program for General Motors in Detroit. It was really a lot of fun. It was a thousand-acre campus. There were 30 major projects, and we did it over five years, and it was really a lot, of, well, very interesting. Leaving that, I went. I was asked to go to Iraq for 90 days and stayed for 14 months. I uh, was asked to lead the, the reconstruction of, of the uh, country there. And it was about $18.4 billion worth of construction and equipment that we bought. When the project, the, all that work was finally finished a few years later after I'd left, it was $50 billion and 50,000 projects. So it was quite an undertaking. Then I ran a couple of construction companies for BE&K out of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, then came to the Washington area and uh, with a friend of mine started a uh, company called Sustainable Biofuel Solutions that focused on waste uh, waste energy technology. Thank you so much for sharing your background and, and your experience. You clearly have had an unbelievable, just a remarkable career. And thank you for being with us. You know, as you commenced your career, was there a leader that you respected and used as a guide for promoting effective leadership? Well, not really. I, I learned from a myriad of leaders. Uh, some were good, some were bad, but I learned from each one of them. And I kind of concluded over time that, that leadership is, is more about your ability to uh, effectively relate to others. And it has to do with you being able to understand what your personality is and how it will best, best work with others. So I tried hard not to try to be somebody else. I tried to be myself. One of the things I concluded from all these leaders that I was watching was that more people will follow you and help with the team's efforts and succeed more from loyalty than from fear. So it's very important, I think, to make sure that people, that the personal relationship is correct and that people feel comfortable and that you're loyal to them and they're loyal to you. I really appreciate your remark on loyalty. I'm not sure I've ever heard the concept of loyalty mentioned in a leadership discussion or noted as a principle. You know, while there are several leadership principles, which ones do you think are most important? There's a lot of books and uh, webinars and everything else telling one how to be a good leader. But I think, as I said before, it really it really starts with figuring out who you are and, and what your personality is, because you've got to project that. Next, I think it's very, very important to seek first to understand and then to be understood. When you work with people who stop only to take a breath and talk incessantly as your leader, it's, it never works. So, you know, that's kind of where I feel that uh, it's important. I think it's effective listening to others is a very powerful tool. Another one is, uh, I think, humility. And you've got to be willing to admit when you're wrong. And that's hard if you think you're the smartest person in the room. Uh, I never had that problem. I, I think another important principle is, is honesty. you got to be willing to, to honestly approach everything. you got to trust people. And they have to trust you. And if that trust ever fails, it, things do not turn out well. I think one of the principles that I've seen used very effectively is vision. You really have to be, in my opinion, you have to be positive and realistic about the future and lead others as you move into the future. I think you have to be agile. Things never work out, or at least never did in my life, never work out the way you thought they were going to. And 
your ideas never seem to pan out exactly how you expected them to, but you got to be agile. I think an important thing also is to be able to forgive honest mistakes. If you're too demanding and uh, there's no room for error, people that work with you will never grow and you'll never grow. And then finally, my uh, watchword is that I think you need to use common sense in all things. The leadership to me is not rocket science. What it really is, is your, your ability to deal with what, where you are and help others move on and be successful at what they do. I truly appreciate effective listening and your comment that is the most powerful tool in leading teams. And I, I loved your comment about being realistic with your vision and agile. And regarding your note on common sense, you know, sometimes unforeseen event does happen because of a leadership blind spot. Do you have any advice that you can give us about leadership blind spots? Well, you know, obviously everybody has blind spots. Even with the best intentions, we sometimes are so intent on being right or trying to be helpful, we fail to see how to deal with the situation. So I thought back and came up with a story that was a revelation for me. I was a commanding officer at Naval Base in California, and we were looking for a new comptroller, somebody to run the books for us. Uh, we, like you would expect from the federal government, had a very thorough and I hope fair process set in place to find the best candidate. We had a panel, they interviewed people that applied. All went well until, uh, and so we, we finally got to the decision about who we were going to select out of this cadre of people who had applied. And I, so my job, uh, and I asked for it, was to talk to all of the candidates that weren't selected and explain to them, you know, we're, that uh, you, you were not selected and what have you. Well, all went well to the last candidate. She was really, truly an outstanding individual. I mean, she was great. But she wasn't selected because she wasn't quite ready for the, the responsibilities yet. Uh, so when I told her she had not uh, been selected, she broke into tears. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. So I was stumped on what to do. I had come up with, I had all these ideas in my mind of saying uh, wonderful things and, you know, encouraging her and all that. But it kind of all fell apart when she started crying. Eventually, she regained her composure and left the office. So I always felt bad about that. And many years later, I saw her again because she worked for NAFAC and, and I was apologizing again. And uh, she said, she set me straight. She said her biggest disappointment was that I did not offer any kind of help. So as a result, I've always had tissues in my desk ever since for that occasion when I'm not prepared for whatever comes up and I can help people. By the way, she continued to excel and just had a spectacular, has a spectacular career. So uh, I guess I didn't, uh, I didn't ruin her career. And, and in fact, uh, she helped me along to understand that it's very important to be sensitive to what's going on. Well, thank you for sharing that story. You know, I, I learned personally learned so much from just listening to stories about where you may have a, an error and then how it gets corrected. But it does remind me how important acts of kindness can be for a leader. And they're remembered, uh, I think, both by uh, the person receiving the act of kindness, but also the leader as well. So in anticipating blind spots, do you think you have any advice for young professionals entering into their careers? And would you give the same or different advice to more senior professionals? Well, I, I would give the same advice to both groups. Um, I, I think the first thing you have to find when you're a leader and as you move up the 
leadership ladder is you need to always find somebody who will tell you the truth. You know, a real danger is you move up as if being, you're surrounded by people who always rave about your ideas and dutifully carry out your direction, even if it is flawed. So I, what I really think is very, very important is find somebody who will be very honest and let you know if your idea is not very good. Uh, and that's hard to do. And you, you may have been in situations where you had to do that with boss. You got to be very careful depending on who your boss is. But it's more important, I think, to be to have somebody around that has is feels comfortable in talking to you and saying, gee, I don't think that's really a good idea, and here's why. Well, I personally noticed that young professionals today are very willing to share their perspectives and is always appreciated and encouraged. And your comment on the importance of listening is uh, really key to a leader's success. What advice can you give us when we encounter a personal blind spot? Well, in the context of when I first joined the Navy, I I thought if I ever succeed here, I'll have to be the smartest person in the room. That lasted about two weeks when I figured out I was not the smartest person in the room. In fact, I wasn't even close. So I decided that if I was ever going to be, if I ever going to have any success at all, I had to work in a a team uh, mode and I had to listen to others and take good ideas and try to turn them into better ideas. So my, my advice is that I, I think you really have to listen carefully to others. And you need to do it without a filter. Sometimes you talk to people who the only reason you get to talk is because they're taking a breath and thinking about what they're going to say next. You need to listen. I think one needs to listen carefully to others. It's, uh, it's always hard to hear when somebody tells you you're wrong or they don't agree with your idea or they've got a better idea. And even sometimes you can take your two ideas and put them together and make a spectacular idea. Another thing that I think is very, very important is it's not only key to listen with your ears, but you got to see with your eyes. People send you a lot of messages with body language, uh, been, at least been my experience. And the words they're saying may not agree with their body language. So I think you need to delve deeper into what they're saying and ask them, ask them more questions. But there, there are people who say that asking questions, or I guess philosophers and debaters, uh, that, that, that's the best way to move things forward. So I, I'm a really big believer that you, you got to uh, ask honest questions, ask others for advice, even if they're, not as you know, not at the same level you're at, because everybody has good ideas, and sometimes they're much better than the ones I've ever had. And I think the big thing that's really hard to do, uh, at least for some of us, is to admit when you're wrong. Uh, and I've been, I've had a lot of practice at that, and it's uh, very difficult to, to to accept the fact that you didn't have the best idea, and that you weren't the smartest person in the room, and that you did. There are others who have better ideas, and to accept that and be able to admit it to them, which is probably as important as just be willing to admit it to yourself. I, I think that's really, really important as you uh, as you work on these blind spots, which we all have. Well, I really appreciate you highlighted the importance of nonverbal communication and and the clues. You know, they are powerful messages, and they they uh, have more meaning and impact on people than than words. And so I'm hearing that 
We need to listen to what you are hearing, but also seeing. And I think that that's an excellent uh, executive insight for us to take away. So do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share on leadership blind spots? I think the first step working on anything that you want to improve is admit you, that you have a challenge, you have a, a problem. So I think you got to start by acknowledging that, that we're all human and you are going to have blind spots. Uh, not your fault necessarily. They're just kind of human nature and you need to be willing to admit that it'll happen to you. And then I think the second thing that I would say is when you, when you discover you have found a blind spot, admit it if you're wrong. Take the right action, and people will follow you uh, all the days of their lives. If you do, if you treat them like real people, and you develop some sort of an interpersonal relationship that's honest and true, and and uh, good for everybody involved. So, Dave, I'm going to summarize what I've heard today, and if I miss something, I would really appreciate it if you would add to it. The first thing that I heard was that listening is a powerful tool for managing teams. It shows and demonstrates respect for others and gives the leader time to fully assess a given matter and figure out how to drive the future. You know, acts of kindness are never forgotten. Be yourself, honest, open, and willing to learn. You know, own your mistakes. And finally, succeed with loyalty. And on this note, I really appreciate this executive insight, because it's how I personally remember my own experience uh, serving in the Navy Civil Engineer Corps. Did I miss anything? Would you like to add anything before we close? No, I, I, I just one small item, and, and that is that I believe that possibly leaders are, are born, not made, but you can make a much better leader out of, out of the one that's a born leader by a few simple things that will make a difference to the rest of your life. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, continue to learn and continue to be aware and continue to progress and continue to be a better leader because everybody that works with you is dependent on you. So that's kind of my, my final thought, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us today and providing your insight and wisdom on Leadership Blind Spots. Thank you for tuning into this episode on Leadership Blind Spots. Sharing the wisdom and experience of our NAC members is our way of continuing to improve the industry. Please provide feedback on this session at getthenack at naocon.org. Also, let us know of topics that may be of interest to our industry. Get the Knack will be back with more content soon. And remember, have you ever heard anyone say that the problem on their project was too much leadership? Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Get the Knack because the construction industry needs people like you, leaders and innovators to build our future. Thank you.